If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life. But it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're going to get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome to the first episode of the Unleash Your Soul Song podcast. I am so excited that you're here, and I'm going to just get right into it, because if you're like me, you're probably listening to this while you're cooking dinner or doing your makeup or driving around or grabbing a quick walk. In other words, I know you're busy and you don't have all day. You're getting this in your ears when you can. So I just wanted to give you the heads up that today's show is going to be a little bit different from future episodes. Think of this like an orientation to unleashing your soul song. What does that mean? Why do I care about it enough to create this show? And who am I even to talk about this anyway? If you want the abbreviated version of this, that is totally cool with me. Check out the very first podcast in my series. It's titled Introducing Unleash Your Soul Song. You'll get a quick overview in less than three minutes, and then feel free to jump around to whatever episode you want to after that. Now, what you can expect from this podcast overall is a mix of solo shows that'll just be me sharing specific stories or some practical tools that you might find helpful on your own journey. And I'll also be doing guest interviews so that we can learn from experts and people who've unleashed their soul songs who can tell us what that looked like for them and what helped them along the way. I am really excited about those shows because I have the most amazing guests lined up for you. So be sure to stay tuned in. I can't wait to share all of their stories with you. They're incredible people, incredible lessons, just very interesting, practical things to take away. I think are really going to help everyone. So this podcast was actually a pre-COVID idea for me, and it took a back seat because probably, like a lot of you, my capacity to get things done in quarantine became really limited really quickly. It's September now, for those of you who are listening back, and ugh, we are really going through it. I mean, 2020, I think I speak for everyone when I say we are over you already. I've said it a few times that I think this year, that 2020, it's giving us a vision of reality that we might not like, but we might really need to see. And it seems to be reshaping the landscape of our lives in almost every possible way. And in many ways, I feel like the timing of this launch might actually be more aligned with people's needs and what they're looking for than it was in January. Because so many people are facing some really hard pivots in their life right now. A lot of it's by force and some of it's by choice. But either way, 
I'm hearing so many people reevaluating what fulfillment means to them, what happiness looks like, what balance should feel like, and what impact they're having in the world. They're kind of wondering if maybe they need to lean in a little stronger into a fuller, more meaningfully expressed life, a life that just feels a little more in tune. I can't wait to see what people bring forward from this experience. For me, this podcast is something that I'm bringing forward because helping people or organizations that are stuck is kind of my jam. And even though I've done a few different jobs in my life, the thread of consistency has always been that I push on possibility. I see greater potential and then I get real motivated and then I motivate other people and then we take some kind of creative action. And I stopped and I asked myself recently, why? Why do I always seem to do that? I mean, really, this is my MO. Why do I always do that? Why is that the itch that I always need to scratch? And I think the answer is because we've all seen the benefits of when someone is sharing their gifts with the world and how transformative that can be. And not just for them, although it is for them, but it is for everyone around them. I've seen that happen through people's job that pays them, but I've also seen it through volunteer work or through relationships or through a hobby. When I'm talking about the value of transformation, money is not the measure. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is people. And this show is about people, the life-changing power of people who've unleashed their soul song, who love what they're doing, who are focused and full of life while they're doing it. The people that you can just tell are so plugged in, so in tune with themselves. They just give with their whole heart and it looks effortless and so joyful. Whether it's coming through a paid job, through a conversation with someone who needs to be heard, through volunteer work, through a hobby, these unchained people just let the joy of their liberated soul shine all over the place. And you know what? Everyone benefits from the warmth of a glow like that. That's the kind of fire that pushes progress. It touches hearts. It changes minds. It brings compassion. It fosters peace. It heals wounds. It transforms. And I think that's why I'm always pushing for greater potential. Because when you've been warmed by a fire like that, you never want to be cold again. You want to feel that heat all the time because it's what we yearn for and we're really desperately in need for that right now in our world. Now the most wonderful thing about that is that none of us have to go without it. None of us have to go without that glow. That glow can emanate from all of us. I truly truly believe that. That people who have the ability to spread that kind of warmth and that kind of transformation, they're not rare. They're everywhere. It's you. It's me. Now, maybe you don't feel like that's you yet, but you will. You just need to unleash your soul song. So how? How do we do that? How do people who we can see that in, how do they do it? That's what I've been studying for the past three years as I went through my own pivot from a buttoned-up project manager to a musical entrepreneur. And it's what we're going to explore together on this show. 
what that pivot to greater purpose looks like. What did people learn along the way? What were the things that tripped them up or propelled them forward? And from what I've learned so far, it seems like there are three pieces of this cycle. And I want to pause for just a moment on the word cycle because I very intentionally did not say three steps or the process because those words tend to give the impression that something is linear. And let me tell you, unleashing your soul song is anything but linear. And in fact, it's it's more like a whirling dervish. and It cycles around and around and around and sometimes can spin you around with it. So we have to approach this thing and look at it like a cycle. It's not a list where you get to check a box and say, oh, I'm done with that. Because as soon as you process through that part of the cycle, you're going to go to another one. And you may come back around to this piece and another point. So think of it as a cycle. And the best way for me to try to give some context to it is through three phases. And the first one is what I'm calling the invitation. You've got to hear and accept this invitation. And what's delivering that invitation? It's your soul. Sometimes it taps really softly and it arrives as a feeling like you're holding on or you're holding part of yourself back or maybe you have a hint that you need to move forward with something or expand or move beyond something or someone like that there's something more for you. And sometimes the invitation comes in and it breaks the damn door down with a Mack truck of change that you did not ask for. It's the same thing, whether it's a soft little tap that you have to be really in tune with to hear or whether it is crashing through your world. It's your soul at work. It's inviting you to something new. Thomas More, a former monk turned psychotherapist turned best-selling author of a great book called Care of the Soul, among many, many others. But in Care of the Soul, he talks about when we hold back from answering the call of our soul, those things that come in, those invitations, thinking that it will disrupt my life or the life I've established or my pattern or, or anything, if you resist it or if you fight the reality of the change you've been presented with, that you're in fact, you're saying no to life, to the life that wants to live through you, the dream that wants to be embodied by you. And if you deny that, that's where the soul gets wounded. Now, this comes from a man who is steeped in science and washed with faith, which is a head and heart combination that I really trust. His books were a great guide to me as I went through my journey, and you might find them instructive on yours as well. You have to get in touch with your soul. That's the first part of this cycle. You have to really unearth and see what you're being asked to uniquely bring to the world, what dreams want to be embodied through you. And that's a really hard step for a lot of people. It's where most of us get stuck, and then we just stop. And now I want to quickly stop because... <laughs> I can almost hear the groans through the podcast world here that I'm guessing that some of you are saying, oh, here we go again, Becky, please don't be another person telling me that I need to just follow my passion, find your purpose, tap into your potential. Please don't turn this off just yet. That's not what I'm saying. Because damn it, if you knew what that was, you'd be doing it, right? I feel you. I've been there. I've had that same feeling. That's what this show is all about. We can't get you there in one episode, but I promise you, 
That's what this show is for, to help you get there. And once you are there, to help you move through the rest of the cycles. What I can say today about this particular point is that I know for myself, I had to really dig deep to find the answer to the question of what am I uniquely bringing? And one of the things that really tripped me up was that I was confusing the calling of my soul with my surface level skills, the things that I was, quote, good at. So for most of my adult life, I couldn't even hear that faint little knocking because my ability to hear that deep just wasn't there yet. I had to learn to listen, and then once I could hear, I had to accept the invitation. So if you can't even hear the knocking, or if you hear the knocking and you can't find the door, you just can't figure out how to open it up, be really gentle with yourself and just know that you're already on the path. So the second phase of this cycle is that you've got to give yourself permission. And ooh, boy, is this a good one. Because, oh my goodness, how we like to be the boss of ourselves. And let's be honest, a lot of things around us, right? What do we need permission for, right? We do what we want. Well, in reality, the thing that really holds us back from unleashing our soul song is, drumroll please, you guessed it, we hold ourselves back. And here's why. Unleashing your soul song is fraught with vulnerability. Surface level skills are so easy to share, right? They're things that you're good at. They're, they're right off the top. Maybe you've had to work at them, but they're the things that you can execute on really nicely, very easily. Everyone can see them. But what's deeper in our soul? That's private stuff. That's stuff that people can't see if we don't let them. And unleashing your soul song means you've got to show up in an arena where you have no control over the outcome. And I know for me, that's like, holy shit, stop right there. I can't control the outcome? Check, please. I'm out of here. I have no interest in that. A big part of this cycle is giving yourself permission to go all in. And the only way to go all in is to check your ego, break through that little bubble where you're comfortable, and let go of the outcome. Now, the counterintuitive thing about this one is the belief that if you let go of the outcome, that means you don't have work to do. And that could not be more wrong. This is another potential pothole that can take all the air out of your tires on this journey. Because we feel like if this is my gift, if this is the life that's trying to live through me, the thing I'm supposed to bring into this world, it should just be here. I should just have a natural talent. I should be instantly good. And you think that if you're not, then it wasn't meant to be. Well, here's another little secret for you. No one said it was going to be easy. No one said it's going to come quickly. In fact, some of the smartest people I know define a talented person as someone who's put in the time to get the expression where they want it to be. It's just a time game. How much time have you put in? So I don't care if you're 15 or 50, if you're at the starting line or the midline, if you're unearthing a gift that you haven't touched for 20 years and you think, Phew, it is way too late for this. Or if you're at the midpoint and you feel like you've kind of maxed out, life will surprise you. Opportunities will come up 
But you've got to keep working on your gifts because if you don't, they'll fade out and they will get dull over time. And so we really have to give ourselves permission to do that, to kind of suck for a while, to make some mistakes. Permission to learn, to grow, to change. You have permission to change. We all have permission to change. Now to the third part of this cycle. So the third part of this cycle is that you have to trust that the path is going to be revealed to you. And the insight on this one is that it's actually revealed when you start taking action. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage for for the majority of us to release our gifts into the world. It's so intimidating to even think about that, to think about sharing your deepest gifts, your deepest desires with people. It puts us in that very vulnerable place. But here's the thing. That's where the magic happens. If you're listening to this, you may also listen to Brene Brown. If you don't, you really should. All of her work on vulnerability is so outstanding and so insightful. I'll leave the specifics to her because she's the expert, but a high-level takeaway from her work is that vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. And when you shut vulnerability down, you shut down opportunity. Vulnerability is the thing that transforms people. It transforms organizations and systems. And when you get vulnerable, when you start sharing your gifts with the world, That's when the magic starts to happen. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where transformation is born. It's born in that action. And that's when the path starts to get revealed. When you start taking action in the direction of your soul's becoming, the next step is revealed. Speaking from my own experience, I can say that any action, whether it was big or small, all moved the dial for me. Every step helped reveal the next right step the path forward. So don't freak out if you can't see everything right now, if you can't even see the first step in this process, I promise you it will come. But one note of caution, when you're unleashing your soul song, there will be a period when you're going to need to tend that tender little gift in private. You don't want to expose it to the harsh glare of other people's opinions and insecurities before it has time to take root. But the minute it does start to yield some kind of fruit, any kind of fruit, you'll know that you've got some roots in the ground and it's time to start sharing it with the world. And if you don't believe me, look no further than 2020 to reinforce this reality. I just bet you, I just know there's a scientist in a lab somewhere who's been toiling away for years, year after year after year, doing tests and studies and running control groups and never really knowing if those experiments were going to lead to a major discovery or a major breakthrough, because that's the way science is. When you're experimenting, when you're inventing things, there's no guarantee. There's no control over the outcome. And like we already said, we really like guarantees for our efforts, right? So we're already in a different realm with science and experimenting and inventing because they have to let go of that outcome. But I heard an interview with a scientist who said that that's just a normal part of their operating procedure, that when they do an experiment and it doesn't yield the result they had anticipated, 
They're actually happy because it ruled something out for them. And they're just as much about ruling things out as they are about ruling things in, which is a really terrific lesson in and of itself that sometimes we can look at defeat or things not going the way we anticipated them going as a setback or something we don't want. But the scientist, the scientist was actually saying, no, no, that's a good thing. All of this is good. Every experiment tells us something. It either tells us we're getting closer or that we're not going in the right direction. And there's the key to their success. No experiment is ever a failure under that model, because how can you fail when the goal is to gain knowledge? But let's take it one step further. Since they're never failing, there is no shame in sharing their findings. No shame in that game whatsoever. Whatever the outcome ended up being, they share it all. And thank goodness, thank goodness that they do, right? Because here comes this novel coronavirus. And as it is with science, I just bet you that one thing that was discovered over there is probably going to connect with another thing that's discovered over here. And boom, something new is going to come together that could never have been predicted because we never even knew it was needed. I want you to hear that again in the context of today in 2020 in the reality in which we are living right now. Those scientists are going to find something that never even could have been predicted because we never knew it was needed. That's the amazing thing about life. You have no idea how great the potential is for the gifts that you're holding inside. You may not see a purpose for them right now, and that doesn't matter. You may not be able to see because its application hasn't been predicted. But that's the thing about when you start to unleash your soul song. You actually start to see where it's needed. The path gets revealed. You start to see how it has application, where it has purpose, where you could never have seen that before you started the journey. I mentioned earlier that Brene Brown says that when you shut down vulnerability, you shut down opportunity. And it reminds me of a quote that's attributed to Pablo Picasso. He says that inspiration is real that it exists and it's there, but it has to find you working. And I would adjust that to say the same thing about opportunities. They exist, even though we can't always see them, but they're there and they will find you if you're working, if you're walking in that direction, if you are walking to that edge of becoming in the direction of your soul's growth, you'll find them. But if you're not walking that path, you'll never see them. Now, bringing it back to the non-scientists in the group, myself included, we can feel really intimidated by that example I just gave, right? Thinking, my little piece of the pie is not quite as important as coming up with a vaccine for the coronavirus. You know, that's going to impact every human on this planet and give us our lives back. It's huge. Yeah, I feel I feel you there. We, we are not all going to be doing that. I'm certainly not a scientist. So I'll give you another example, because it's not just the grandiose things that are important. Every small little thing is important as well. It's like that butterfly effect that people talk about. One little tiny ripple, one tiny flap of a butterfly's wing can set into motion a chain of events that you couldn't even anticipate or predict. So this example is from my own life. 
I recently released my first three-song EP, all of which I wrote and sang myself. Yay! I was so excited to get it out into the world, and I can't wait to share some of the songs with you in future episodes. But when I put those songs out, it really made me sweat, like for real sweat, because I was stepping into that arena where I had no control over the outcome. I had no control over how those songs would land with people, what people would say about them, or gasp me, right? Honest to goodness, I was sweating. They don't call it a music release for no reason. There is so much you have to let go of when you put something out there that you create. Goodbye, ego. See you later, perfectionism. Because I have a secret for you. Ask any musician. No song is ever done. (laughs) They're never perfect. But you have to say goodbye to that. You have to let go. You have to say so long to the safe little bubble where you lived with those songs, you know, just with you and your song for so long. You have to burst that bubble and just get it all out there. I went through the whole cycle, right? Invitation to share my music accepted. Permission to work hard at getting my skills to where they needed to be to create that EP granted. Seeing the path for how to get it all done revealed step by step. Sweat running down my back, literally. Oh, yes. And release. (laughs) I did get some really nice feedback from the release from my family, from friends, fellow musicians. It was even featured on an award-winning podcast. I really, I could not have predicted that at all. I couldn't have predicted the feedback I got. But one note in particular stopped me in my tracks. It was from a friend of my sister's, and she went out of her way to make sure that I knew that my music, the songs on that EP, that they touched her soul. Those were her exact words. What stopped me in my tracks with that was that wasn't the first time someone said those same words to me. My music partner and I wrote another song about a year ago that we recorded and I sang, and we circulated it to a smaller group. We didn't publish it or put it out in any major way. But even within that smaller group, people said the same thing. Oh my gosh, that song really touches my soul. Now, I don't know about you, but when something touches my soul, it's usually because it's getting in there to speak to a part that needs to be seen or healed, and it's pretty meaningful. So when I heard that same refrain in response to this EP, I had this feeling like, wow, maybe there really is something deeper to my music that I thought was there for myself, but maybe there really is something there for other people. Now, we're only talking about a handful or two of people that had this experience with my songs because I am not a mega hit star or anything like that. So my reach is really much smaller. But the point I want to make is that it doesn't change the value or the importance of the work. How often does something touch your soul? How meaningful is that to you? How valuable is that? For me, that's the kind of stuff that transformation is made of. And it all has to start somewhere. And I realized that it can start even with a simple song. So at the end of the day, it all starts with people. It all goes back to people who are unleashing their soul songs and having the courage to do it. Now, I know for other people, you know, their lives would forever be altered if it weren't for the gifts of a skilled therapist or a gifted teacher or a profound poet. 
I mean, I hope you're getting the point here that it doesn't matter what the expression is and it doesn't matter how big or small it is. Someone needs it. Someone needs what you're bringing to the world. And it's incumbent on all of us to be ready with our piece, to identify what that work is, and then to share it, to get it out there. Now, at this point, you might be saying, okay, 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 I get it, I get it. We all want to live our fullest lives. We all want to be in touch with our purpose. It makes us feel good. It's good for other people. We all want to strive for greater potential. I got it. But I want to be successful. You know, I I do want to have some positive outcome from what I'm contributing to the world. And you know what? I get that too. I really do. I'm an Enneagram 3, otherwise known as the one with the need to achieve. So yeah, I feel you on that. This can be a big challenge to let go of the outcome, to let go of that question of, is this going to make me successful? Now, of course, what can change your lens on that is how you define success, which is, I think, what a lot of people are redefining right now. What does it look like and what does it feel like? I think for a long time, a lot of people defined it very materialistically. And when that becomes threatened or stripped away, you know, you maybe realize that success might look a little different. Of course, having financial means to take care of yourself, to take care of your family, that's important. And I am not discounting that at all. And I'm not saying that you should abandon responsibility to unleash your soul song. Definitely not. In fact, unleashing your soul song and responsibility actually go hand in hand. If your soul song is something that's more of a hobby or a side hustle, something that you're fulfilling through a project that isn't your paid job, maybe it's a volunteer role, that's still wonderful. Remember, because the value, the value is the same, right? It's just as fulfilling. It's just as impactful as if it were a paid job. So please don't equate getting paid with the value that it's bringing. Now, part of this process that we're going through to unleash your soul song, to tune into yourself, for many of us, and I know it was true for me, it requires a reconciliation between the head and the heart, or another way of saying it, between your right brain and your left brain, right? The creative brain and the rational brain. I really had to bring these two things into greater alignment in my own process, in my own cycle. And an effective strategy for doing that is to find some science that can speak to what you're experiencing. And I found some really compelling science in Daniel Pink's book, Drive. In it, he shares his research about human motivation, and he talks about successful people, and that the evidence shows that successful people are, not surprisingly, that they aren't pursuing the conventional notions of success, and that they're motivated by an internal drive They've tapped into something deeper. They feel compelled to learn more about it and how that piece fits into the world. And then they want to accomplish something that lasts beyond them. He found that when people liberate that drive, that internal gift, what I call your soul song, that they achieve more and live richer lives. And guess what happens when people achieve more? Society receives more when they're unleashing those achievements into the world. And because you're here, I know that you are one of those intrinsically motivated people that Daniel Pink talks about. So success, success is your destiny, my friend. You do not need to worry about that. It's going to come. 
Now, maybe you haven't gotten it completely unleashed yet, but you are one of those people I know it's going to happen for. I know that you want to feel like you're making a difference. You want to feel like the thing that you're bringing into this world has meaning, that there's a reason for it, that it's helping to advance something. And I am here to tell you, it does. It does have meaning. It does have purpose. It has a reason. And if you haven't found it yet, you are in the right place because we are going to find it together. So that's the basic orientation to unleashing your soul song and why I'm so jazzed to do this show. I love helping people and organizations that are stuck. I love pushing them to explore the edge of becoming. Maybe it's the thing I do because it's what I've always done myself. You know, I've always just kind of gone there naturally. I did it as a young child and, you know, God love the beauty of young children, right? We just don't know better when we're little. You know, when you're little, you don't know about the dangers of going out to the edge of something, both emotionally and physically. Kids just don't know, so they just go there anyway. And so, with the innocent audacity of a child, I approached my life as a musician, even before I ever touched an instrument or sang for anyone other than my stuffed animals. I got to put that into motion once I got to school. And in the first and second grade, I really wanted to participate in some music competitions and try out for this coveted Away in a Manger solo that was the highlight of our school's midnight mass for Christmas. But those things were reserved for older students, like fifth grade and above. Now, I'm a parent now, and I can appreciate why they put the age restrictions on that, especially for midnight mass. But As a six and seven-year-old who needed to give her musical life expression, I just couldn't abide. So I pushed, and I pushed, and I pushed again until they finally gave in and let me participate. And in that first year that I participated in the competition, I won Outstanding Vocalist. I also won the blind audition for that Away in a Manger solo. Around the same time as that, I started, actually started making guitars out of old checkbook boxes. I would take rubber bands and string it myself and just play. And I did that because I I just knew my hands were meant to play the guitar. And when my parents finally got a guitar for me for Christmas, I was in the third grade, I taught myself how to play two songs by the evening. And after I took some lessons and I practiced really hard, I had to, you know, get that skill going. I was playing music with our music director at Mass every Friday. And I go back to this example from my childhood because those things from our childhood, they often reveal a lot about our internal gifts. Because most kids don't have souls that are suffocated by the layers of life that we have wrapped around ours, right? And I knew deep down when I was a child, I just knew deep down That music was the path I was supposed to push on. Because I was pushing down that path, I found opportunities, which was important for my growth and development. But you know what else my pushing did? What my achievements did in that school? It changed the entire music program. All of a sudden, a whole new array of opportunities were opened up for younger students that weren't there before. So this thing that I do, this pushing on possibility, It was baked in my cake really, really early on. I continued to do that through high school. I did it through college. I did it as an adult when it was time for my career. My degree was in education. I was certified to teach middle and high school. I completed my student teaching, and they offered me a job, you know, a college senior's dream. 
but I turned it down because even though I loved teaching and on the surface, right, those surface level skills, I could see that I was good at it. It just didn't feel like the right fit for me. I just had this knowing, just like I did when I was a child, telling me I was a musician. I had this knowing that I wasn't supposed to be in a classroom. So instead of teaching, I took a job as the director of scheduling for the Indiana Secretary of State, who I had interned for in the summers during college. Now, that job didn't really make rational sense. It certainly was not what my degree was in. And I wasn't really necessarily interested in politics, but something about it felt right. And you know what? I was really successful and happy in that role. It essentially is a project management role, which I didn't see at the time, I can see now. And I was really happy. It gave me the confidence then to follow my gut again a few years later, when all of a sudden, out of the blue, I had this knowing again, telling me that I needed to move. I needed to leave Indiana, where I'm from, where I love, where my family is, my four sisters, all my nieces and nephews, my close friends, where I was happy and successful. I started feeling the energy around me getting stagnant, and I knew I had to move. This voice inside of me just said, it's time to go, girlfriend. Get a move on it. And so I did. I moved out to Washington, D.C., where I had exactly one friend and exactly zero jobs. (laughs) And it felt so big and so frightening because it was. I leaned so heavily on my left brain, the rational brain, and it was in full on freak out mode. But I did it anyway because I trusted the knowing. That's where I was supposed to go. I was super in tune with myself. I moved out there and in quick order, I got a job at the White House Office of Management and Budget. I got connected with someone who needed a roommate, and I met my husband. And it all happened in a matter of months. Like two months, I'm telling you. It happened so quickly. I never could have planned that. My perfect little left-brained planner, I never could have planned that, even if I tried. What I was learning, and what I would love to hear, is if you've seen this play out in your own life, What I was learning was that when you push on the edge of becoming, when you're in tune with yourself and you're constantly pushing on that potential, not letting fear hold you back, the next right door opens, but you usually can't see it until you start walking down the path. Now, these things happened for me clearly very quickly when I moved to Washington. It was a a lucky phase, right? A lucky cycle in my life. But it has not always been that way. And I've had longer runways that I've had to keep walking down before I saw any doors. And that's really hard. That's one of the things I want this podcast to do. I want it to support people who are on that long and lonely runway. When you're just not seeing the doors, you're just looking, where are they? Where are they? It's tough to keep walking and wondering if this is ever going to lead somewhere. I was on one of those long and lonely runways when we moved from Washington to a suburb of New York City, where we live now. And I'll just set the formula up for you. I quit my job, I had a baby, and I moved to a place where I didn't know anyone. (laughs) Here are the cliff notes. Don't do those things together. For anyone who's listening who thinks that's a formula for success, I am here to tell you now, with one million percent certainty, that is not the formula for success. I was really stuck, really, really stuck. 
I felt like I had been making decisions that were in tune with what I wanted, but damn, I was not seeing any doorways of possibility or potential or even happiness at that point. But the more I kept walking, eventually a door appeared and what finally pulled me out of what was a multi-year funk was a deeply meaningful volunteer experience where I found the opportunity to take on some leadership roles. Now, it didn't pay a dime, and, and I worked harder there managing volunteers, turning around declining membership, raising money, working on programs. I think I worked harder in that volunteer role than I did at the White House. And I worked hard at the White House. There was no monetary compensation in that volunteer role, but it was chalked full of value. Value for me, value for my community, value for the organization. And it got me back into pushing for possibility. So much so that I saw greater potential for the larger organization, which was an international women's organization. We were just one chapter. I saw where some creative action would push them forward. And long story short, it led to the first paying job that I had since becoming a stay-at-home mom. And it was so perfectly in my wheelhouse. It gave me the chance to dust off my education background and pick up some new skills to pivot to adult education. I got to be part of the team that was advancing some pretty big strategic initiatives. I spoke at their conferences. I led workshops. I managed projects. It was great. I loved it. It tapped on just about every surface-level skill I had. I did two different runs at that organization as a project management consultant, which was a role I pretty much created for myself when I dared to push on that potential, when I just went right out to the edge and went for it. But even though I was fulfilled in that job, there came a point when I started to feel stuck again. I started to feel like, oh gosh, I feel like I'm walking down that long and lonely runway again, and I'm not really seeing the doors. I mean, I was like, why, 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 why is this happening? I'm doing work that I'm good at. I'm getting paid at a satisfactory level. It fits perfectly with my lifestyle, and what I'm doing is meaningful. So what is the problem here? Why can't I just be happy? It forced me to ask a really important question, which was, If you could do anything, anything in the world, without thought of its practicality or purpose, and not knowing the outcome, if you could do anything, what would that be? What would feed your soul? And that's a scary question to ask yourself if you're really intent on answering it, because it brings up a whole lot of stuff. And I went into some really deep contemplation over that question for many, many months. I would meditate on it. I would go on long, quiet walks to let the question resonate. I journaled about it. I was carving out a lot of time to get real quiet and real still so that I could hear the answer. And then one day, the answer came, and it came as a whisper. And thank goodness I was quiet enough that I had stilled my mind enough to hear it. Otherwise, I would have totally missed it. I would have just completely missed it. 
Now, what came through and how that unfolded is what I'm going to share with you in the next few episodes. But what I'll leave you with today is that when it came through, when that quiet knock from my soul came through, it felt absurd. My rational brain dismissed it almost as fast as it came in. But lucky for me, I was trying to reconcile my rational brain with my creative brain, the head and the heart. And thank goodness I was already a little bit down that road because the creative brain and the heart said, no, 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 wait, not so fast, not so fast, rational brain. You do not get to make the call on this one. But man, did it feel absurd. I just, there's no other word. It felt absurd. And I couldn't see what the next step would be. I couldn't even see what the first step would be. It honestly had no grounding. It felt like it had nothing solid underneath it. But I felt such a pull, and there was such an honest ring to that whisper that I couldn't dismiss it. And I'm so grateful that I didn't, because that whisper changed my life in so many wonderful ways. And I'm guessing that if you're listening, you're either yearning to hear that whisper or you've heard it and you're trying to find your way forward. You're in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and the not quite yet. And I've been there, my friend. I have been there. It's the whole reason I'm doing this show. I know it can be lonely. I know it can be confusing and frustrating and feel scary. And sometimes it feels inconsequential. You second guess yourself a lot. I get it. That's why I'm doing this show, to share some of the tools that helped me along the way and to offer encouragement and support to help you keep walking this path because the world needs you to keep going. We all need to keep going. So let's keep going. I would love to hear what you thought of today's show. Did you get something valuable from it? If so, don't keep it a secret. Tell your friends and family. I want everyone to unleash their soul song because the world needs all our beautiful music. I'd also really appreciate if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, rate and review. You may not realize it, but that's the best way to help other people find the show. I hope you'll come visit with me at theintuneexperience.com. While you're there, download your free copy of Intune Insights, designed to inspire you to unleash your soul song. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram at Unleash Your Soul Song. Shoot me a message. Let me know. What'd you think about the show? Tell me what you want to hear about and what you're struggling with so that I can craft shows that provide you with insights, inspiration, and the tools you need to venture on your own personal journey. Listen, this world is busy. Our days are really full and life is super distracting. We're pulled in so many different directions every day. And so I thank you for joining me here today. Have a great week. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door neighbor, stranger down the street. Form a chain, form a chain, grab the clouds, grab the clouds, cause we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we